0: Welcome to Shine Central Coast. I'm Chris Gertz, I'm Sue Bradley and we also have Marie behind the camera. We can't wait to introduce you to our incredible
1: Shiners. Each episode we share a story of a unique individual on the Central Coast.
0: We dive into how they got to the coast and how they bring more beauty
1: into our incredible community. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Shine Central Coast. Lean back and see you soon.
0: Today we're here in Kulnora with Sam Lentini from East Coast Beverages. So we have our own orchard and our own 100% fruit company, like fruit juice company, in our backyard. How incredible. And we'll learn a lot more about the history of this in really, really amazing place. And I'm just looking out into the orchards, and we have that right behind us. Um, your great-grandfather started this Grandfather? Yeah. Grandfather. Grandfather grandfather started this business. In 1965, Mantini has actually learned a citrus region over in Italy, so he basically brought that with him and had this passion and vision for bringing fresh oranges Correct. to Australia. Yeah. All started smaller. Mm -hmm. um delivering oranges to sydney and then it grew from there and it's still Mm family-owned one of the few family-run businesses in the industry that remained after all the concentrates came in but we'll learn so much more about you it's such a pleasure to have you here today so thank you
2: thanks for coming up
0: can i just straight go into the central coast what does the central coast mean to you because you're born and bred central coast
2: The Central Coast for me, I guess, is just, it's always just been felt like home because I've always, I guess, always lived here. But I think people recognise the Central Coast for the beaches and all the beautiful things apart from what's up here in the Central Coast Plateau. But I guess the farm and this area to me means more than just means a great deal because we've got our local growers that are still in the area, got friends that are just all of our neighbouring. all the neighbours in the area all, all become friends. It's just such a small, tight-knit community. So it means a great deal.
1: And you spent your childhood up here. What fun memories do you have on this land growing up with oh, an orange family? Or yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you over the orange, you know?
2: Well, I don't drink that much juice anymore, <laughs> truthfully, but um, not definitely not over oranges. You know, we still, yeah. as a family, we, we're always together. All of us live here on site. So the three brothers that started the business, Sam, Mick and Frank, all still live on site and obviously we all get together as a family nearly every weekend. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were in the old shed and we are making pizzas and, you know, having a few cup uh, glasses of wine and stuff like that. We, we actually make our own wines. That's another thing that we do oh. as well. We do that as a family once a year and continue on the Italian traditions as well. So, and we also make our own salami and stuff like that that we do as well. So,
1: Yeah, we don't sell sell that stuff, right? No, no, we're not allowed to sell that Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, We we keep that for ourselves.
2: (laughs) So, um, yeah, so yeah, we're a pretty tight knit family, and I guess memories growing up are just. I don't know, just all the silly things that we used to do. We used to just I was driving when I was 12, 13 years old around the farm with my cousins and riding motorbikes and, <laughs> you know, working in the factory, building cubby houses in the factory because <laughs> our parents used to make us work and we yeah, didn't want to work. Yeah, so yeah. we used to basically build cubby houses so they wouldn't see us. They knew where we were obviously, but <laughs> um, heaps of different things like that. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, just always been up here and just I just love it.
1: And you got these social enterprise business um through your childhood and I, we heard a lovely story of you at school how you utilize that knowledge of your yeah. family <laughs> enterprise yeah. into your school so yeah. tell us a bit about
2: so that so I guess for me the the business and the family and all of that it's always been in my blood and I remember just uh, didn't mean anything but I just remember a couple of kids were asking me for a juice and I thought I'd freeze the juice overnight so I'd freeze it overnight just bring a couple of mates some juices and then As it continued on, more and more people wanted the juice and something just ticked in my head. I said, why am I giving it to these people for free? (laughs) Let's charge. So what happened was I started buying them off East Coast for um, a certain price and then I obviously added some margin on top of that and then – all of a sudden, I was making four hundred and fifty dollars a week profit, and um, had come, going to school with nice watches and everything. I was like, I can't give this lifestyle up. I was like, geez. So then, um, basically, the canteen tried shutting me down, and um, at the time, and then I thought, well, I can't, I can't give up this lavish lifestyle. What am I going to do? So there was a couple of kids that caught the bus, a Maltese, a Maltese family down the road, the Vellas, and I thought, well, why don't I? Freeze the juices overnight because I wasn't carrying books or anything in my backpack. <laughs> it was just full, full of fruit juices. So I bought another backpack and I'd freeze all the juices overnight, put them in the backpack, and then I'd give offload the juices into to Jonathan and Adam at the time, and then they would just go throughout the school and distribute the juice. So they're like my drug runners, but with fruit juice. So it's pretty um,
1: health. Yeah, like, the first health. wholesaling. <laughs> yeah, pretty
2: much. So. And I kid you not, and anyone at school can verify this, there used to be this alleyway and it used to, it was that popular and I've never seen anything like it. It was that popular. People were, kids were literally running down, juice boy, juice boy, juice boy. And it was just, it was like something out of a movie and then uh, basically continued that all the way till year 12. We had teachers that were on the payroll as well. So, (laughs) I was I wasn't paying the money but I was giving them a couple of bottles of fruit juice maybe a bigger size every now and case then. Keep them on oh, the side, yeah.
1: them on side. So, yeah. like I
2: had a couple of guys that would do that to look the other way because I wasn't allowed to do it. And yeah, just went through yeah, to year 12 just selling juice That's and fantastic. then yeah, came out of that and straight into the family business really. <laughs> well, your
1: parents must have been very proud of you. Yeah, I think they were. I mean, so many
0: schools would be so grateful to have issues yeah. with too much fruit juice yeah. being distributed yeah. in there.
2: Yeah, and it was the only That's time ridiculous. that I've seen that. And I remember kids were trying to mimic me mm. by selling like Coke and cans of Coke and stuff like that. It's the only time I've seen that kids preferred mm. fruit juice yes. and weren't buying Coke and stuff like that, and they are buying our products. And I think it was because we we're freezing them, and it was like a juice slushy oh, the yum. next day. Yeah, yeah. So. um yeah, I think my parents were proud, but I just didn't learn anything <laughs> at school. So that's, that's probably that's the a downfall. a life
0: skill. I mean, <laughs> kids, yeah. you kind of yeah. learn everything yeah. you needed. Yeah,
2: probably. So did
0: you really feel like growing up, I mean, there are a lot of people who are like, okay, my parents have this business and I have to take it over. Mm. But I feel this passion for this business. like.
2: Mm, I think, yeah, for me, it was quite the opposite. Dad, basically, because dad was my dad and his brothers were basically running the whole, the whole show and dad was towards the end, I think he's sort of getting a bit tired of the family business. So he'd say, Samuel, don't take it on, do something else. And, you know, because I was a guitarist as well back in the days. i like, go do music. And I was like, oh, you know, and I think, I don't know, I think for me it was more one of those things that I was used to having a bit of money in my pocket, so I didn't know if I could go back to mm. doing that whole thing that everyone else does, go to uni and stuff like that because, I don't know, it just wasn't me at the time. But so, yeah, basically what? Well, Uh, came straight into the family business but dad said go do a do a degree in something Mm -hmm. so you've always got something to fall back on Mm -hmm. which I did so I went and studied and at just the local TAFE here at Gosford and just did a diploma in marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah and I was doing that um two nights a week and I was helping my cousin Sammy down at Sydney Market. So we still send fruit down to Sydney Market. So Sammy gets up at uh one o'clock every morning, goes down there. Every morning. Every morning goes down there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> continues working until about nine, ten o'clock. Comes back, has a couple of hours sleep, loads the truck, and does it all again the next day. So I was doing that with him, but I was also going to TAFE at night. So I'd go to TAFE at night, go with him, and I'd learn that whole racketeering down at Sydney markets because it's a, if you're going to start out in business, that's where you go because it's a completely different world down there. It's unbelievable. So, makes sense. Oh just the way that they trade down there it's just <laughs> it's like it's, cash
1: in a pocket and yeah, you just, was used to that from school. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was used to it I think but it was just I don't know it was just it's just a whole different world it's just you you think about professionalism in the business world and the corporate yeah. world tip that that's on its head one, down man. there. You call, wow. it, you call each other names under the sun and that means you like someone yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. negotiating with them. <laughs> it's, so a it's, just,
1: it's a mixed pot of so many different cultures yeah, there too. yeah, yeah It's,
2: it's actually project. amazing. So that's where I think we've all learned and I think that was always our heritage. So mm. basically it's funny because my Uncle Mick used to do the market side of the business and it's mm. funny how we've all, all three generations have attributed different things from their fathers as we've sort of gone on mm. and we've sort of mm. taken all that in. So yeah, so Sammy's now running the markets down there, and he's doing a really good job. And yeah, I guess yeah, I'm I started off doing that, and then Dad wanted me to learn every aspect there was in the business because I wanted to be in sales. That's I always wanted to be in sales. He said no, <laughs> before you go into sales, I want you to learn every part of the business. So when you're out on the road, if someone asks you one thing or another thing, you know exactly how to answer it. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, what I did. Know, I did. I did. What's your promise? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. Don't, um, yeah. over, over promise and under yeah. yeah. So yeah. So basically that's what I did. And I did that for two years and yeah, I learned a lot along the way. I learned how to do pretty much everything in the factory. And then I remember I said to that, I'm like, can I go out and sell something now? And he said, All right. <laughs> he said, um, he said, yeah, yeah, you know, there's this grant that we're looking for. It was this, um, we were applying for a marketing grant at the time mm. with the one of the, local agencies here on the coast and yeah, I remember Dad just said to me, he said, um, go go down there, it's only going to be one person, you know, just tell them all about what we're trying to achieve and what you want to do in terms of marketing and you'll be right, you know, you'll be right, go down there, all right, no worries. So I went down there and when I went to this office, this lady said to me, she said, do you need, do you want to the, put it on the projector, you know? I said, no, it's only one person, you know, it'll be right it's only one guy. She goes, you sure? I said, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I'm sitting in this waiting room and then all of a sudden 15 people were waiting in that room. And that's something that dad didn't tell me. I think he wanted to throw me in the deep end. So then I was like, I should have put on the projector, but I didn't end up doing that. I ended up getting the grant after that. So from there I started, you know, really entering into that sales world. And that's when, you know, I guess I wore two hats, the marketing and sales hat, really wanted to just, no one knew who we were on the Central Coast. It was, you know, we had a bit of a prominence in Sydney and, and Newcastle, but on the coast, no one knew who we were. So we partnered up with a couple of local radio stations like um, R2GO and CFM and, and Star FM at the time. Yeah. And it was like the right time we we're pushing this whole buy local message. And this was before buy local oh. was a thing. Like yeah. a, and we started pushing this message, and we started printing "Buy Local" on our caps, and um, we just really wanted to tell the story of our family um, and the local growers in the area. So yeah. that's what we basically did, and that's what we're still continuing to do today. Because people relate more to people than what they do to product, mm-hmm. and um, I think I think just if people know that you know we're a family business, we own, we still retain ownership. We're Australian. Um, Australian owned, Australian made, you know, ticks so many more boxes than a lot of our competitors do out there.
0: Plus, you're using the fruit and not a concentrate.
2: Correct. So all the citrus fruits, yeah, we basically squares our own fruit. And as you can see, we've got our own trees here on site. So it's not a fictitious story. It's all right here. And we've ov- obviously bottled spring water here on site as well.
0: I love the story about the name of the spring
2: water. Oh yeah so we um yeah so Lentini <laughs> sparkling again. yeah That's so really cool. <laughs> yeah we've we we released that uh probably about 5 or 6 years ago now so uh we also we all had east coast spring water we had the east coast juices and we really wanted to introduce sort of like a premium um sparkling mm. or table mm. water and yeah we thought we'd do it in memory of my grandfather who started the business Salvatore and basically we pulled the signature off his will and wrote a bit of a story about how he migrated here back in the day. Um, and yeah, we sell that to many, many restaurants and, and bars around Sydney. We've got it at the Opera Bar, which is a really oh, iconic awesome. place to have yeah. it. But uh, yeah, no, he never really, yeah, he never really liked water at all. He's sort <laughs> of more of a vino kind of guy. And um, yes, yeah, so they'd be sort of a bit unhappy that he's got a water <laughs> under, um, name under his belt, but no, it's a good thing because it just continues on that legacy that we all have in our hearts, mm, I think. Keeps yeah.
1: that family name alive yeah. through what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, so then from there, we when we started uh, introducing this whole Buy Local campaign, mm. uh, we I got introduced to our first supermarket, sh- supermarket, which was Coles at Erin Affair. Yeah. And I remember walking into the supermarket and just seeing the vast majority of different juices on the shelves. Like yeah. you know, the section was like that big. It was all multinational companies. And I thought, there's no way our juice is going to work here. Like, how are we going to do it? So I remember going home and I, was, you know, I spoke to Dan. I'm like, I don't think, you know, how, why would people buy ours over all this competition? They are cheaper. Um, and plus they had the brand name out there. So I started thinking, thinking about it, and I knew all the all the different stories that we were sort of telling on a, you know, through our marketing, our social yeah. media website and everything like that. So um, I decided I'd go in there myself and just set up a demonstration table. Beautiful. And get people to start trying the product, talking to me, yeah. talking to one of the family members, talking about our family story yeah. and all that stuff that I was saying before. And it worked, and from there, from there, we basically kicked off into Erina. Then we started supplying 80 coal stores direct. So we're delivering to each store at that time. We're still doing the demos at the time. I was going to each of the stores doing the demos, and then at the time, I remember a truck driver called in sick, so that I had to jump in the truck and go and do all the deliveries. <laughs> and I remember, I remember going to each store was quite tough because we might only have three or four cartons to deliver, but if they've got one of their coals trucks in front of you. Mm. You know, you're, up, oh, you're waiting for about gosh, an hour to yeah. deliver eight cartons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So anyway, I did the deliveries that day and I I came came back to the office. The next day I was on the phone to our buyer at Coles and I basically said, look, we need to do something here. I said, can I fly down and see you? So he's in Melbourne. So I flew down to Melbourne and then from there basically negotiated a deal with him. We got into the distribution centre mm-hmm. and we started supplying 200 stores wow. um, in New South Wales. So. Yeah, so that meant we could have one point of delivery yeah. and, yeah, we we negotiated that and then uh, for about eight years now we've been supplying through the DC about 200-odd stores, which has been good. Um, and then from there on after, you know, we started picking up more and more business because people saw you in the supermarket. Yeah. So they thought they, they deem you to sort of that brand awareness. So then cafes, restaurants, bars, everyone wanted to sort of be part of our journey, which was good. So... Then we had a stint in uh, one of my mates, Anthony Zabara from Star FM. He was at the time he introduced me to Ron Masali here on the coast and he owns uh, a few of the McDonald's stores. Oh, wow. Uh, or restaurants, I yeah. should say. Yeah. So we had a stint in McDonald's, which yeah. I don't even know how we pulled that, off. that was That was the most, That's that incredible. was probably the proudest moment I've probably ever had just being in McDonald's restaurants because okay. I just never thought that <laughs> that could be possible. And we started supplying uh seventeen.
0: run business. Yeah, like. yeah.
2: We started supplying 17 restaurants and it was uh, Ron Masali's stores and uh, Gavin and Ray Lee's stores as well on the coast. And that meant we were speaking to an extra, at the time, I think it was 200,000 people that go through those restaurants on a weekly wow. basis. So we thought we need, a, we need we The exposure. The exposure is mm. massive. It was a three-month trial. While we're in here, we need to get this thing going. Yeah. So from three months that we are supposed to be in there, four, we dragged it out to twelve because sales were going really, really well. Yeah. Um, so we did that and from there everything sort of I don't know, everything seemed to sort of stars sort of seemed seemed to align. You know, people knew who we were and even now people are like, Oh, I bought your juice from McDonald's. <laughs> I'm like, no you didn't. It hasn't been in McDonald's for two years. But people still feel like Remember that they that, yeah. they that's where they see it, which is a funny thing with people's minds yeah, when it they it's it's I guess that's marketing. And, um, yeah, so then from there we went tapped into Woolworths supermarkets because at the time we were supplying direct into Woolworths supermarkets, same as how we started off with Coles because the way that I like to do it is just start off, make sure we mm. can make it work and then mm. after we can and then, and then yeah, just yeah, grow maybe. gradually grow it. Mm. So now we're supplying 200-odd Woolworths stores, Coles stores. We had a stint with Aldi at the start of the mm. year, so they yeah. gave us a trial for three months and that was our first national – National introduction into all the supermarkets around Australia, which was good. IGA too, IGA
1: because
2: they're a local. Yeah, so we supply Metcash as well, which is all your local Mm. IGAs, which is a good one as well. So we're basically we've got our finger in a few different Mm. pies, and we're doing a little bit of export now, which is really good because offshore. Yeah, offshore. So So
1: Australia wide as well. Australia wide.
2: We're not Australia wide. We were in Aldi for three months, but we've got to we've got work with a lot of good distributors, Mm. and the distributors are the guys that. Do all the legwork, so they go to the smaller cafes, restaurants, bars. So we've got guys like today's juice in Noosa. He supplies our juices throughout Brisbane and Noosa and yeah. on the Sunshine Coast. We've got guys throughout Sydney that supply all the little bars there. We've got uh, distributors in Victoria that supply there, and we've just picked up one in WA as well. So we're slowly, slowly getting there. It's just trying to make everything sort of work at the same time and not overcapitalise here as well. Yeah, I was which thinking, is, you
1: know, with that yeah. expansion, it sounded quite quick and how did you cope with the expansion back here to you know to get the product out I
2: think um for me I was out on the road so my role's sort of changed now but it was dad and his two brothers that were really looking after the place here I was sort of just actively selling all the time just saying I'll oh, keep on selling yeah, like, and just keep on like, through, like, you keep on
1: but we've you. had those on yeah,
2: we've had those conversations many times before they're like are <laughs> you sure you want to yeah like let, just let just there. do what you got to do here I'll go I'll go out on the road and that's sort of what we did and over the years you know we've just we haven't overcommitted. we've just built on yeah. slowly slowly and that's what we'll continue to do if if things go well but mm. um Yeah, I guess now that dad and Uncle Mick and Uncle Frank are sort of basically retired now, so it's um, I've stepped into the general manager role and Sam I work along Sammy and Dom, and now we're just continuing into the next generation and just seeing where it all sort of takes
0: us. They're
1: watching your fingers, eh? Sorry, they're watching your fingers. Yeah, I think so. I I love the buy local, like, I just think way back then. How, what influence did that make on the Central Coast with other businesses to really tap into yeah. that buy local for Central
2: Coast? Well, I never like to say, oh, I'll, you know, we were the first ones mm. to do it because mm. I'm sure there was other people yeah, before yeah. us that were, were doing this. But it was with um, Sarah and Duane, which were the local radio personalities yeah. that really started pushing this for us. Mm. And they said, you know, we're going to do this buy local thing. What do you think? and I I just vaguely remember back in the day it was maybe ourselves and it could have been maybe Singo at the time on the coast that really started adapting and really um, introducing this to the central coast and now buy local on the coast everyone's just like yeah buy local buy local buy local but but then to change consumer habits you know people it's different now but I remember back then people would say yeah we want to buy a stra-. there's still a lot of people consumers now that are like this but we want to be buy Australian owned. We want to buy local, mm-hmm. but if the price tag's higher, they're, mm-hmm. they're not gonna, at the end of the day they're not going to pay mm-hmm. for it. And that's what it was like back then, trying mm-hmm. to change people's habits into trying to support local business. Because that was the hardest faithful thing. To
1: brands, too. people become very faithful? So to yeah. change them over to a brand yeah. can be
2: tricky. Yeah, it was very hard, and we're still facing it today. You know, most of the big, like the market leader in the juice category, is, a, is owned by international interests and you, yeah, it's yeah. so hard to get people aware of that although their products may be made in australia that the ownership's not here oh, in australia yeah, the
1: money's not yeah, kept yeah. that's it exactly Whereas yeah, the money?
2: they're a big kept. multinational and they're you know owned by you know huge they've got all these different products under their belt where we're just a family and we're just here in colneura just <laughs> squeezing fruit and sending it out to the customers
0: what i love about your product is like as you said earlier like no concentrates and that the taste can actually change yeah. with the season yeah. with the batch of oranges yeah. that you get like this is like true orange juice yeah and i think that's that's beautiful and then being able by consuming an orange juice like that there is there are workers like people who work here on the farm how mm. many people do you have at the moment
2: i've uh, got about 40 people yeah. employed bit bit under probably but um yeah and that that's that's makes us proud as well because we're we're only as good as what our people are and um, to be able to employ people on the central coast and keep the money here on the central coast that means a great deal but I guess you know that we've had some some really hard times as well in the industry being farmers you know you can see the trees right now they're bare Mm. so we're actually in the worst orange shortage we've ever been through Mm. so we had one about three years ago and um, just and it seems like every time we go into a shortage it's when things start to go really, really well. So demand is going up. (laughs) Yeah, and then we we get cut back by supply. So we can't get fruit anywhere at the moment, and the fruit that you can get is double or triple the price. Mm. So, you know, you need to try and lift prices up and try and – it's that fine line about trying to continue to be profitable Mm. and not. So at times – as third generation farmers, it's the last thing we want to be doing. But at times, like three years ago, mm. we had to use concentrate because we need to keep product and on I the shelves. You
1: had the sign too. You had the label yeah. on there. Yeah. And said why
2: as well. Yeah, and that you know border, that's yeah. why we got in the industry to re- go away from that. But the sad thing is now because the export market's so high with um, table eating fruit, which is. Um, your navels mm-hmm. you know a lot of that fruits what people are growing now so they're getting rid of valencia so valencia's are like that's what you want to squeeze navel although they're a good fruit to mm-hmm. eat you when you squeeze them they become sour yeah so the perfect blend is really a bit of valencia and a bit of navel but people are, all the growers in australia are pulling out their valencia crops oh. and planting navels because they can oh. get higher prices from overseas than what we can pay here
0: interesting to see mm. like to realise all of those relationships, mm. how it all works together, and it comes back to as a consumer being connected yeah. to your farmer.
2: Yeah, you and you know, it's it's where your food comes from. yeah, it's really hard because we've got forty five different products too. You guys only yeah. consumers <laughs> only see, you know, four or five that might be in the supermarket mm. shelves, but we're doing forty five different products, and we're trying our best to keep it all here mm. in Australia. But yeah. at times, and unfortunately, you just can't do it, mm. and uh, it's there's things like season that you have to. You have to work with price, everything like that, and that's where it becomes difficult. But what we want to be able to do is educate the consumers so they know. You know, we've had like Day on the Farm, for instance, we had – I just remember showing these kids through um, that came for a tour and I was showing them – remember where the orange processing is, where the oranges get squeezed? yeah. So the oranges are going down the the conveyor belt ready to get squeezed and I remember this – kid said to me he said mr sam mr sam he said how come there's no stickers on the oranges so
0: whoa like
2: i just remember just thinking this kid is i didn't even know how to answer it i was just, <laughs> never even thought of that before. and i was i just wow. re- remember thinking like pe- kids and actual some consumers have no idea what actually happens so he's used to seeing the oranges in the um Coles and Woolworths with stickers on them yeah. and that's what he thought mm. so no, they it's, don't like those stickers. No, <laughs> why do we? Have to those stickers <laughs> so, yeah. what's your
0: vision? What's your vision for the coast? Mm. Let's start with vision for
2: the coast. I think my vision for the coast. There's a lot of good um, industry groups now forming together, where it's all about.
0: Mm.
2: We've got a really good food cluster here on the coast, <sighs> and I think it's one that's better than any other region in Australia. We've got some big brands like Mars and you know Sanitarium that are there at Rimba. We've got smaller guys like us. Um we've got, you know, uh, Little Creek Cheese, you know, we've got all these different people that we can all sort of leverage off. And I think um Central Coast Industry Connect's really starting to do that. They're an industry group and they're really trying to get us all together so we can you know, if we're getting cardons for instance here and Mars are getting cardons, sanitarium are getting we're all getting cardons, why can't we just buy it in bulk and and basically maybe share it amongst each other, get the prices down and really help all businesses on the coast. And I think mm. the next part of it is, is really just telling the story that this is what we are, this is what we've got up here and just really promoting that because mm-hmm. people have no idea. They think, I think most people just think Central Coast, the entrance, Central Coast, terrible, mm. but not <laughs> everything else that the Central Coast has yeah, to offer. Yeah, that
1: the whole connection. food basket. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Like, you know, the last, with the Harvest Festival, I think it's such a great way of entry for the consumer to come up here and connect because that, you say what, you had thousand, a thousand people in a day. Was it a no, thousand? No,
2: it was, no, I wish it was a thousand what people. Was it I was already
1: like my <laughs> uh, So
2: we had, the first year we, we ran Harvest Festival, we were in a shortage year, so there was nothing on the trees. Oh, so wow. then. People coming to pick oranges, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> we, not like this
1: all the time. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: you know, we had a few sort of trees out here that people were able to sort of pick mm-hmm. bits and pieces. But I think the first year we attracted about 3,000 people, but it was in torrential rain. So oh, we had yeah, it just yeah. rain June long weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we the set everything up weekend. and, yeah, we, we still got the people in and it was an awesome day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the second year I think it went up to 5,000. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing though, it was raining. Mm. And we had fruit, luckily, that year, so it was raining. and it's
1: fantastic it, the rain didn't keep people away. They still came. No, they still came.
2: that's what I just you. I just loved it because, yeah. you know, you just saw the kids getting in their gumboots yeah, yeah. and their raincoats <laughs> and walking around and, you know, because the thing is to open up your doors as a business is is really difficult because mm. you don't know what people mm. are going to do. Like if someone, yeah. you know, wants to – you know, if someone hurts themselves or something like that, it's a really difficult thing to do. So we have to keep it as safe as possible. But I remember that second year, I don't know what happened. We had, we were trying to, we had our own farm tours going. So we had like um, our cousins, because as a family, we got cousins up from Sydney, we are running the whole thing here. And um, I remember they were taking people out for tours. And that day we had 5,000 people here. And we closed up the gates at four o'clock. We thought everyone was gone. <laughs> it was about five o'clock in the afternoon. We're driving down <laughs> around the farm. There's all these people still in the orchard, and they're still there picking fruit. I was like, "Who are these people? Like, get out of here!" We just shoot them off. That no, was pretty funny. And then, um, yeah, then last year we had ten thousand people. So wow. that was just wow. that was massive. I just I was I remember at wow. the end of that day, I don't know why, but <clears throat> the whole family were all at my uncle's house and we're having a few drinks and having listening to music dancing everyone was happy but I remember I was so overwhelmed from the day because <laughs> I felt like like because when the family come up they just see what happened that day but mm. it's months and months of preparation nice. and I remember we had Chantel at the time helping me out with it and I just remember being there everyone was happy and I was just like ready to cry yeah so but it was a massive day and it was really good just to mm. just to share everything with people so they can see this is who we are this is what we what we're about and so we're not just a juice company we're we're a family far more
1: And yeah. okay, we've we've got a lot of consumers that are listening to us talk today what is a message that you would like to share to connect people to where their food comes from a really important message that you can get out to them and say why buy local what is that importance to keep things local
2: yeah i think um the most important thing is that where no matter if you're in Sydney or Newcastle, we're an hour down the road. We're local, we're a family business, Australian owned, Australian made, and it's all about reducing the carbon footprint. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like your food's coming from across the world, it's just coming here from our own backyard, literally.
1: Yeah. And the freshness of the produce as well, you know, when you're buying local, it hasn't transported away. So the freshness and the nutrition, nutrient, nutrient. Nutri- density of the product is what we're looking at for for people
2: yeah correct and um you know, I guess it's not just that it's everything that we do we're trying to keep everything that we buy local as well so although you think that it's just the product that you're buying local it's all it's all just a, ch- a chain in, a chaining command really where basically it, it, we buy our gardens locally we buy our fruit from local growers the yeah. guys that are still the, the guys that you probably interviewed Around this area, you know, you have yeah. got guys that are seventy years plus mm. that are still in the industry. We're buying fruit off them, yep. so it's all about not just about the juice that you're buying local. It's that we're also buying local. Mm. It's just it Beautiful. just continues along and from there,
1: keeping that economy yeah. in the locality, you yeah. know, keeping people employed. I love how you it's a local employment. Yeah. You have your own trucks and you distribute out. Yeah, and also I love how I get my um, box of veggies and it can have your juice in it.
2: Yep. Yeah. I awesome. love
1: that and you're collaborating <laughs> yeah. with other you definitely do. small farms. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love here on the coast at the moment. Yeah. And we always ask the last question of we like to connect people into the <clears throat> community and where would you like to visit in the in the coast where do you go to in your spare time?
2: Uh we've got my family have a house down at um Tewoon Bay. Mm, so that's lovely up there. Yeah, we've got a house that's right where Kim's is, so mm. sort of overlooking the water there. And I guess it's sort of another beautiful part of the Central Coast, you know, always on the farm, which you take it for granted sometimes because you're always here at work. But, on weekends and occasionally, like over the Christmas period, the family will get together there and really love that sort mm. of just sort of that time, time yeah well you've got the
1: experience up here on the plateau, yeah. and then you get to go down to the ocean yeah. and enjoy the salt yeah. water. How yeah. incredible and that's yeah. the beauty of the central coast
2: definitely is yeah
1: yeah, and I wanted to say something that Chris has mentioned, and it's such an honor of how you have you are taking this business and there's not many businesses like what you do to keep that intergenerational and you'll pass it on through the family now yeah it's such an honor that we've met you it's today incredible. and share that story with thank everyone thank you out there. Yeah.
2: thank you yeah it's just well let's hope anyway fingers crossed that it's it's a lot of hard work and I guess for me, it's not anything to do with anything else except keeping Mm. my grandfather's legacy alive. Yeah,
0: Yeah. wonderful. And people can find you in so many different stores. Just keep an eye out for East Coast Jews.
2: And if they don't have them, ask them, why not?
0: That's a good point, exactly. (laughs) We can tell them the story now. (laughs) Guess what? We've met Samuel. That's it. Awesome. (laughs) So thank you very much. Thank you for your time and showing us around and sharing your story and the story of your family.
2: Thanks for having us. It's been a big honour. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And if you really enjoyed listening to Today's Shiner, please support and share and shine a brighter light on our community here on the Central Coast.
0: We can't wait to welcome you back. See you very soon.